On this episode of Writing Tandem, a lot of businesses fail in the first few years. Some fail years later. And I think the direct link to both of those failures is they didn't ask the questions. Hi there. This is your host, Vivian, and you're listening to Writing Tandem, a podcast that is all things business, entrepreneurship, and the secrets to operating a successful business while still having a life you love. Whether you're a business owner, on the verge of taking that side hustle to the next level, or just curious about the world of entrepreneurship, join me as I go behind the scenes of my own business and the businesses of others, unpacking some of the most valuable lessons you can apply today. Let's dive in. I've been running my own business for many years now, and when I was putting this second podcast episode together, I was just really thinking through, what if I could only share three things with you that would directly impact the trajectory of your entrepreneurial experience? What if this was the last podcast episode I ever made? What do I have to say and impart to you? What would those three things be? What have I learned and has proved out to be the most valuable? I thought about it for quite a while and I put a lot of ideas down. I think a lot of those ideas are going to turn into episodes later, but I had to get it down to the top three. So here it is. The three things that have made me a better entrepreneur and business owner. First, you don't do this alone. Successful business owners or (laughs) heck, just successful people They don't struggle to figure things out alone. We struggle to figure things out, but we don't do it alone. I was talking the other day with someone who mentioned a young woman they know, and they said, you know, I think she's just trying to figure it out on her own. Um, She needs to just prove that she's a grown-up. And I thought about it, and I just kind of said right back, I was like, well, grown-ups don't do things alone. Grown-ups find people to help them. And it got me thinking about my experience as an entrepreneur in those early days. When I was about 23, I found myself running a full-on grown-up business with all of the grown-up issues that come with it. And I was trying to figure out finances, taxes, hiring, selling, marketing, negotiating leases, writing contracts, firing, trade shows, vetting vendors. I remember being intimidated by how much I just didn't know. I worked and I worried. And then I worried and I worked. I googled endlessly and I checked out books at the library because that was still a thing. You could get books on anything at the library. And then I would google some more. And here's the thing. I was trying to figure it all out and I was trying to figure it all out on my own. I didn't ask other people for help in that first year or two. One, because I didn't know who to ask. Two, I didn't know what to ask. I didn't even have the right vocabulary for asking. And three, because of that, I was really embarrassed to ask. Because then they would know. They would know I was not supposed to be here. That I didn't know what I was doing. They probably would tell everyone (laughs) that no one should work with this 23-year-old who knew nothing. I was super worried about perceptions. And here's the thing, I just went to photography school. I'm just a creative. What do I know about these things? And yet I was really trying to run a legit business. I was really stuck. Now I realize that was a silly way to think. I can see it in hindsight. We don't run successful businesses alone, my friends. No one does, not at any level. 
I've never seen a successful business run by a lone wolf. A lot of businesses fail in the first few years. Some fail years later. And I think the direct link to both of those failures is they didn't ask the questions. They got stuck in an echo chamber and they started going it alone, lone wolf style, or too bogged down to look around for help, or too afraid of what others would think when they do ask for help. Maybe they were too far in it and they felt like if I ask questions now, people are going to think we don't know what we're doing. Maybe they were eyeballs deep in just the day-to-day and they forgot to come to the surface and ask some questions. Look, friends, you don't look stupid for asking questions. You look stupid when you don't ask and your business suffers. I know, because I've been there. (laughs) I stopped asking the questions or I just didn't ask the questions to begin with. Here's a quick example. I, I remember the day that someone at a conference told me that my spreadsheet I had labored over for months and months was actually a version of something called a CRM and that there was much less work and time-intense tool I could be using, and get this, the tool was free. Here I was, reinventing the wheel and wasting my time. I didn't know what a CRM was. By the way, that's a client relation management tool. I just knew I needed to track contacts and follow-ups, so I created an elaborate spreadsheet to do it, and then I proudly told this person all about it, thinking that I had invented something really awesome, And they were like, that's awesome. Good for you. That takes a lot of initiative. And you learned a lot about spreadsheets. And then they told me all about the free and much easier tool they used and said it was a CRM. It was at that point I learned to just start asking before I started creating tons more work for myself unnecessarily. One of the biggest things I've learned is to ask questions. Surround yourself with people who are mentors or advisors Find people and communities you can bounce ideas off of or seek advice. People love to help, and when they see you are learning and interested, they'll work even harder to connect you to even more resources and help. This is a thing. It happens. So much time is wasted in trying to figure things out. So sure, do spend a little time digging into questions on your own. Don't be a leech, right? But learning to recognize when you need to call a lifeline, ask a question, and get help is key to your success. We have a guide around here at Tandem Works, and it says, if you're taking more than 20 minutes in your own head to figure something out, stop. Google for an answer. Spend at least 15 minutes Googling for an answer. If you still can't find the info, start calling and asking people who might. If they don't know, ask them if they know someone who may. That's literally a process that we have written down as a reminder to ask questions. It's so important to pull in reinforcements. You know, ask for some help. There's no point in struggling to figure something out on your own when there is literally the internet at your fingertips and when there are super smart people all around you to ask. Just stop, pause, come to the surface, and ask the questions. Sometimes I've learned now that I just don't know what question I'm trying to ask, And so I ask that question. I'll go to a friend, an advisor, or a group, or a Facebook forum, and I'll say, hey, I'm not even sure how to ask this question. I don't know the right words I'm supposed to use. But this is the problem I have, and this is what I'm trying to do. Can you help me out? 
And over and over again, people give me a quick mini education and they put me on track. It's a huge piece of our success. I hear it a lot though. Well, I can't figure that out. Or I don't have a group of people to ask. Or I did ask. I asked on a Facebook group once. Okay, just one Facebook group? You do know there are literally thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of Facebook groups. There are gazillions of people out there. Maybe you just asked in the wrong group or you asked the wrong person. Go try another one. Get on Reddit, post in Slack, or a WhatsApp channel. Email a few friends. Call up some colleagues. Contact local businesses in your area who might have struggled with the same thing and just plain simply ask them. There's so many resources out there. And this is one of the biggest tips I can give you. Stay curious, keep exploring, and just ask the questions. You don't even have to think that somebody knows the answer. The point is to ask. A lot of people will surprise you or they have the connection you're looking for. So put it out there. Okay, so this leads me to the second thing that I had to tell you. The second thing that I have learned is that people matter. Success doesn't occur in a vacuum. In reality, there are a number of factors that lead to the success of an entrepreneur, but the people you surround yourself with both personally and professionally is critical. You have to know people and you have to both make room for people in your life while also protecting space in your life from people. So let me break that down a little bit. The people we choose to surround ourselves with directly impacts the way we think, act, and feel on a day-to-day basis. This has been proved out over and over again. It's not theory, this is fact. People ultimately are the key. No matter what our business is, we work with people. We serve people, people rely on us, and we rely on them. There is no way around this. And sometimes that's a lot for an introvert like myself to take in. But being an introvert, I think, has helped me hone in on this key to creating a business I love. I get exhausted with too much peopling, but people are 100% key to our business, and knowing a lot of people is key. So as an introvert, I've learned to be super selective of how I spend my time with people and what people I spend my time with. Now, this applies whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. All right, so here's the thing. You do need to know people. And frankly, the wider your circles, the better. The more you can tap into different types of people and ways of thinking, better for you. If you're surrounded by the same types of people, again and again, you're going to have a super narrow perspective. I like the idea of being incredibly open to a wide range and then picking and choosing from those to create my own laser-focused ideas. The trick is to always be doing this so that you can evaluate and rebuild your focus as needed. Just because you don't agree with somebody doesn't necessarily mean you need to discount them. You're going to pick and choose what makes sense for you. But you do need people to jolt you to think in a different way. A wide network of people also means the ability to ask more questions and find support, answers, and guidance you need. One of the things I love about Michaela, my partner, is when I'm stumped on a problem and ask for her thoughts, if she doesn't know, 99% of the time she knows someone who does know. And if they don't know, they know somebody who knows. Michaela is a super connector. And it's so important to find at least one super connector and make sure they are in your inner circle. I'm going to give you a funny example of how this played out one time. 
we had a commercial photo project and we wanted to have wild animals in it. Well, I did. I had this inspiration and I was like, it'd be so cool if we could have bears and bobcats like in the background. And so I'm thinking maybe we could partner with the zoo. I mean, I was way out there, right? Unfortunately, we couldn't get live animals. And I mentioned in jest about taxidermied animals. And you know what? Michaela had a friend with a connection and she showed up at our shoot with, I kid you not, a bear, bobcat, and some other animals. Now, I know for some, the idea of taxidermied animals is unpleasant, but the point is that's not super common. But because Michaela makes a point to know lots of people, she had that super outlier connection and we blew our client away with that photo shoot. Heck, Michaela blew me away. I think that's when I realized she could pull a rabbit out of a hat. And it's all because she makes sure she knows people. You know, I think one of the best jobs you can have before going into business for yourselves is to work as waitstaff, a bartender, or a barista. You learn how to talk to people, you make connections quickly, and you get to know everyone. So a little side tip there. If you struggle with this, go take a part-time job in one of those areas and you'll learn how to start making connections quick. In order to have people to ask questions of, you've got to know people. Pretty simple, right? But it's choosing the right people, you know? Think about surrounding yourself with people who have characteristics you desire or know you need. Here's a couple that I look for personally, and you can make your own list and then watch for these people within your circles. Now, with that said, literally widen your circles. This could be the person at the post office who you take your packages to every day and you have a conversation with them and you realize that they're kind of a dreamer and they have a really great positive attitude. Add them to your circle. Ask them a question next time. These could be people who are colleagues. They could be part of your local chamber. They could be your neighbors. So keep your eyes open. They pop up everywhere. But here's the characteristics that I look for. Number one, positive attitude. Then I look for people who are dreamers, people who are doers, people who think differently than I do. I love to find people who have varied life and world experiences, specifically people who travel, have a great perspective. They've just seen different things. I try to find people who are smarter than me in lots of different areas, people who love life, people who've overcome adversity. Maybe they've done things and you think, I would never do that. I try to get those people in my circle. People who are relentless and people who ask questions. But those are great people to have. Who do we eliminate? Because we can't have everybody in our lives. It just drains us. We have to eliminate the people that drain us or take away from our goals and values. That can sound a little bit harsh. But this is key. You can't surround yourself with people who are bringing you down. Now, maybe that means you need to 100% eliminate them, meaning you're not going to talk with them anymore. You're not going to their parties. You're not inviting them over, and you're going to make a point not to be in their circle. This also might mean that you just have to limit your time with them. Let's say this person is one of your family members. I'm not saying walk away from a family member and never go to Thanksgiving because they're a negative person. What I am saying, though, is you may need to limit your time with them and put some boundaries up in place. So here's people that I try to avoid. Make your own list too. People who laugh or scoff at my dreams. Spendthrifts. 
if they're flashy and they're buying stuff and they're not being very good with their money, I try to be careful about surrounding myself with people like that because they do influence how I spend my money. If they always say, you can't do that or that's silly or what a dumb idea, they're out. If they only see problems and never see solutions, avoid them. If they're unmotivated, if they're risk adverse, if they're selfish, just because someone is successful and maybe has some other attributes, if they're selfish, that doesn't mean they're good to hang around. Eliminate them. Big talkers, you know, the people who talk all the time but they never do. I try to avoid spending a ton of time with these people even though they can be really fun because it's easy to get caught in just talk and never doing. I always avoid negative people and 100% if somebody's abusive, get out. In short, if they bring you down, get away or at least limit your time with them. Okay, the third thing that I had to share with you that has helped with my success and a piece of advice that I was given. It's important to know yourself. You have to have personal core values that you live by and that your business operates with. I talked all about core values in episode one. So if you want more on that, be sure to click over to that one and have a listen. I kicked off this podcast with core values because they're quite literally the core of everything. They're the heart and soul. Core values are the guiding principles. They're the North Star that you'll return to again and again and again over the course of your life and the life of your business. So people ask, should my personal core values and my business core values be the same? Well, first, let's drop the whole should, okay? Right out of that question. Think instead, do I want them to be the same? I think for some business owners, they may be the same, or at least very similar. Especially if your business is a solo brand, if the brand relies heavily on you and your personality, if the brand is you, then the core values may be the same or super similar. But that's not always the case. You have to dig into this for yourself and self-reflect. If you have a team of people, people you would consider part of your leadership team, then I think it's beneficial to create the business core values together with them. But before you can do that, it's imperative to know what your personal core values are. The last thing a business owner or business partners want to do is build a business that is out of alignment with their personal core values. And it's possible to do that, my friends. In fact, I have built some businesses in the past that had great core values, but they didn't align with my personal core values. And it was miserable. It's super possible to have really great business core values that just don't line up with each other. That doesn't make either one better or worse. It just makes the combination a setup for failure and misery. Think about it. If one of your personal core values is time and location freedom, and one of your business core values is 100% availability for clients, there is going to be some conflicts. Neither of those core values are right or wrong. They're just in direct conflict. When people are working and building a business out of alignment with their core values, it can be miserable and even devastating. When you're digging into what your personal values are, or as one of my coaches and mentors calls it, your bullseye, there are a few exercises I suggest. So first, think about people you admire or have admired. Write their names down and then list attributes about them you admired about them. Was it honesty, kindness? Maybe they were thoughtful in small moments. Or maybe they were unapologetically ambitious. List whatever it was. 
Even if you don't know it's your core value, listing out all these attributes will start to spark more thoughts and inner reflection. All right, two. This was a suggestion made by two personal coaches of mine in slightly different ways, but the spirit was the same, and I love it. List out all of the significant life experiences you've had and projects you've done, and write down what you were proud of most, what got you incredibly excited, what was it that you loved about it. Look for themes to emerge and circle them. These represent what you truly love to do and with a little reflection will guide you towards your core values. When I did this exercise, I listed out projects since high school all the way to now, and it was pretty incredible what I saw come through as reoccurring themes. Mine were, I want to encourage and inspire others. Second up for me was creativity. Next was that I wanted to live generously. And the other theme was, I always ask God what he thinks. Those are some of my core values. All right, so those are the three pieces of advice that were given to me, I've learned from, and now I pass on to you. In recap, one, grown-ups don't figure it out on their own, and neither do business owners. Ask for help. Two, people matter. So make room for the good ones and eliminate the negative ones. And three, know yourself. You have to know what you want, what your core values are, and use this as your guiding star in your business. These are the three biggest pieces of advice I can share with you. Let me know your thoughts. I'd love to hear from you. I just hope that you are so encouraged, and I'm excited to meet you in the next episode of Writing Tandem. Writing Tandem is recorded on location at the studios on South 4th in Council Bluffs, Iowa, in cooperation with Todd Studer Productions.